Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. This is The Parent Show here on Radio Verulam on 92.6 FM and I'm Steve Simpson. And I would like to welcome you to the second part of our two-part special on diet and fitness as seen through the eyes of our Lockdown Dads panel. If you missed part one, don't worry, we will have a summary of what I laughingly call the highlights from that episode in just a moment. But first, a word of explanation. The Lockdown Dads got together a little while ago to talk about the experience of, well, living through lockdown. Just normal dads, not experts in anything in particular, and certainly not experts in the subject they were talking about. But it seemed to resonate. Perhaps listening to ordinary people talking provided a level of reassurance that it was okay to be irritated by lockdown, despite the obvious need for it. Or perhaps the banter between the dads was entertaining enough to sneak through some subliminal serious points. Whatever, people seemed to enjoy it. And no stranger to flogging a dead horse here on The Parent Show, we decided to do it again. This time, though, the lockdown dads moved their laser-like focus onto the thorny subject of diet and fitness. It's worth pointing out that none of the dads on the panel are experts, as I've said, and even under the watchful gaze of Ben Chibnall, our guest uh, on the panel for this topic, we strongly recommend that you consult with a doctor before making any change to your diet or your fitness regime. So your panel this evening includes Andrew, Toby, Monier, Tristan and Sammy, a fairly random cross-section of dads. As we said, our guest on the show this evening is Ben Chibnall, who is a lifestyle coach with over 10 years of experience of training clients and who is qualified to advise on nutrition and fitness. And I, I'm the one asking the questions. Let's hear what the panel had to say in the first episode before picking up the rest of this fascinating discussion. Depends on what you drink, obviously. Like if you drink beers and things like that versus spirits, I think that that makes a difference. But, you know, usually people that drink regularly, they don't make the best decisions with their food. It's not like these guys drinking it, but they eat like chicken salads all day long, you know. So I am on a diet at the moment because I was given some feedback. Now, one, one of the number one things is your age is to maintain muscle mass. So you can't maintain muscle mass unless you work out. Working out is, is key. For fat loss, it's a very different story. For fat loss, it's, you know, and people don't like this. Fat loss, it's like 90% diet. If you don't change your diet, you can work out all you like and nothing will happen. I have seen it for a decade. People working really, really hard. Typically, it's mostly people doing lots of cardio, not much resistance work. Hours and hours a week of cardio. Diet doesn't change and they, they change slightly. But for the amount of work they're putting in, it's not, the, it's not a good enough result. So for, from a fat loss perspective, Diet is number one, and it always will be. And so you basically have to just knuckle down and get into it. Uh, the longest I went without drinking was a dry January, which was a very bad idea because that was my partner's birthday. So Dads in general are not too fussy about what they eat or when they eat it. A sausage and egg muffin on the way into the office and a Big Mac with fries on the way back counts as a balanced diet. One of the biggest misconceptions is um, fruit for breakfast, you know. It, all it does for most people, especially if you're overweight, because if you're overweight, you're um, what's called more insulin resistant. So it means that you deal with carbohydrates uh, slightly different to someone who is usually slimmer. Slimmer people, thinner people, not always, but usually they're more insulin sensitive. So they deal with carbohydrates better. For people looking to lose weight, breakfast uh, shouldn't be fruit because fruit will just basically spike the insulin very high. 
And it really, what it does is just, it shuts down fat burning straight away from as soon as you wake up. And actually you really wake up in a fat burning state because you're semi fasted because you haven't eaten like good six to 10 hours, depending on how long you sleep. You actually wake up ready to burn fat. So if you spike your insulin early in the morning, it's kind of game over on, on, uh, on fat loss, you know, in the short term anyway. Men going onto a diet, men wanting to make a change, we've got to have a plan, right? This doesn't just happen by eating a little bit less, as you say, and moving around a bit more. We've got a plan. We've got to uh, have a timetable where this is going to happen by this time, and then these things are going to happen and follow on from that, and the result is going to be this, and we're going to measure it in, uh, until it's achieved. There's always an argument for a diet should be just a lifestyle, but that might have been okay a few hundred years ago. But now we're surrounded by temptation everywhere. We all have jobs where the stress is much higher than it should be. The world isn't supposed to be the way it is. And I feel like everywhere you go now, there's something that there's a snack that you can get that makes you feel better. It's quick and easy. You can't just get healthy food everywhere you go. It's the majority of stuff that you when you're on the road or wherever you stop is, is junk. And um, it picks you up really fast and you just grab you grab it and, and you go. But is, yeah. isn't, isn't the word diet a bit semantic though? The diet meaning what you eat regularly or diet means you're, you're reducing the amount of food you eat. Uh, maintaining muscle mass is, uh, is super important for one of the most important reasons is for your neurological health. You know, when you have a lot of muscle mass, you have will typically have a reasonable amount of strength, which basically means that the way your nervous system and your brain talk to the muscles to make them fire. I don't like this word, but it's probably neurologically sound. Everything is working very well on a neurological level from a health perspective. That is almost number one being neurologically healthy, having control over your muscles, having power, being able to use your muscles forcefully. So that's always my definition of what fitness is. So doing something that maintains muscle mass is, is number one. You, you can do all the cardiovascular work you want, but as you get older, how far you can run doesn't mean anything. It's about how much power you have, how, how you move around, how strong, how much support you have around your joints. And that all comes from muscle mass and muscle strength. So muscle mass as you age is like money. It's like gold. For me, one of the things that gets me to realize that I'm not in the shape that I want to be is putting on a suit trousers, for example, or, or a shirt. <laughs> and, that, and, and that would trigger it. I think the very high fat approach to start with when you die is golden because it gives your body enough energy coming in from something that doesn't spike your insulin so you don't feel too flat all the time. But I think after a while, I would definitely cut down on the fat intake because what happens is your body, your body will get used to, it comes like what's called fat adapted because you're getting enough dietary fat in, your body says to the tissues, okay, look, we don't have to rely on glucose for fuel now because there's not much coming in, but there's a lot of ketones coming in, which is basically the backbone of, of a fatty acid when you break it down. And if you've got lots of that coming in, your body basically becomes what's called fat adapted. So the tissues start to like ketones for fuel. So, you, so then when there aren't any ketones, dietary ketones coming in, the body breaks down body fat and it uses the ketones from your body fat. And so you have basically like a nice balance of energy throughout the day. So I think for the first two or three weeks of a diet, I think the high fat approach is great. But I think once you become what's called fat adapted, where your body uses fat for fuel more efficiently, I think then you can actually start getting the fat down a bit lower or, or cut out the uh, extra like the butter in the, or the cream in the coffees and you, you'll still feel fine but actually you'll lose more weight because you're taking in less calories 
And also joining us tonight, Ben Chibnall. He, he's to, here to stop us really from rambling incoherently any more than we absolutely have to. Uh, at least that's what we told him. It primarily his role is that we have someone to blame if we actually get sued for any of the advice that we offer on the show. So uh, welcome to the panel, uh, Ben Chibnall. Uh, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good. Are you, are you regretting your decision to come onto the show yet? Yeah, when, when you put it like that, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, so I suppose my experience with dieting, there's three phases in my life. So um, initially I was, I suppose, a child or a you know, baby, not really worried at all with my body shape. It was just, you know, uh, going to school, etc. And then at university, I was obviously very conscious about, about it, but with a lot of time and energy, mostly a lot of time in my hands. So spending my time at the gym, two to three sessions a day, running 10 kilometers a day. So I was, I suppose, in the best shape of my life. But that you was... weren't at an English university, were you, Sammy? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was, actually. <laughs> wasn't, I mean, wasn't like that for me at university. But that wasn't sustainable. And the third part of my life is obviously being in a, in a relationship, being a dad, and having a lot less time to train. Although I have done some trainings, I've done uh, marathons and... I'm basically a lifestyle development trainer, which basically means I'm someone who not only just turns up and trains you, but I look at the whole, the whole way you run your life, that anything affects, that affects your fat loss. So I combine training and nutrition together to basically get the clients to transform their body in the fastest time possible. And obviously the safest way as well. So I'm obviously a, I'm a qualified clinical nutritionist and personal trainer. And I've been working with clients one-on-one for over a decade. So just getting clients in shape as fast as possible for like the last uh, set up in 2008. So since then really, one-on-one with clients, I go to their house. So I basically get to have a big picture of how they live, go through their fridge, look at everything they eat, and then just strip it all back and go from there really. I find with people, especially high achievers, they have like one jar of willpower. And if you're a high achiever and you achieve a lot in, in other aspects, I find that those people, even when they get to a good level of fitness, they still need someone to coach them just to keep them kind of thinking about it all the time. So I, I have actually got clients from 2008. I've, st- I've still got probably a quarter of my client base I've had for a decade now. Things like, for example, eating fruit for breakfast. You uh, think, it's gone. Yay, how, how healthy am I? <laughs> All of that's out of the window. Um, even things like, you know, sugar in tea and coffee, that's gone. And, uh, and, well, and I, I like think- the sound of this guy. He sounds like a good guy. I think the popular misconception with the keto diet is to put unnecessary fat in addition to the food you eat. I just don't think that's necessary for most people. I don't think you need to fat load because you're on a keto diet. The term ketosis basically means the breaking down of fat for fuel. So when you test people's blood, the fastest way to get into ketosis is to is a is actually a higher protein, lower fat diet. Believe it or not. So I feel I feel like a lot of people go on the keto diet and they fat load too much. They look online and, and see what a lot of people are doing, and I feel like the fat loading ruins the results for a lot of people. They go on the diet, they don't lose much weight, and then they get disheartened with it. And actually, it's because the fat is too high. And you got to remember, if your dietary fat is high, why would your body burn body fat? you know, it's not going to for a lot of people. So I think, for, like I said earlier, I think for the first week or two, you can have a higher fat content to get used to being on a different type of eating. I think after a while, the fat has got to be controlled and the protein's got to be priority. I, can't, I literally can't get anything into my head apart from the image of you in the Mario costume. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to need... I have also a, um, like a smart scale that also links to the... Well, how does smart scale work? Was it told so you you're overweight you just, or... You stand on it and it, you know, demonstrates a mathematical uh, theorem. What's in Steve's <laughs> fridge right now, Ben? Jeez. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think there's a... 
the severed head of my last train. <laughs> I think when it comes to diet, like I think the alcohol does have to go because if you're going to change your diet, you've got to do it from a health perspective. You can't just do it because you want to lose a few pounds. To really sustain it, it's got to be bigger than just, oh, I want to lose a few pounds, you know? Or when in your bedroom role play, she suggests you put on the Mario costume this time and she'll sew some side vents and a balloon bottom into your Spider-Man suit for next time. Uh, Mediterranean background in terms of whatever moves and probably a few things that don't, yeah, shoot it, <laughs> put it on the barbecue and eat it. Diet is hard and, uh, and the world makes it hard and you have, to, you have to be doing it for the right reasons, you know. Uh, to, uh, to, to encourage the children to do, uh, to do some 5Ks as well. So I've, I've joined them on a few actually and fitness-wise, that seems to work, but uh, that's pretty much as far as it's gone. Uh, I did notice you, you enjoyed a, a longer walk than most people when we were playing golf. Getting my money's worth, isn't it? <laughs> and what about the rest of you guys? Do you, uh, do you work out? Andrew, I've seen you turn up at the school gates wearing skimpy shorts several mornings. Do you? I, I do that just for you, Steve. <laughs> Literally non-stop for 20 years, twice a week, every week. If you just do squats, that's basically 10 exercises at once. That, that appeals to me enormously. Um, losing weight when not drinking is, is a total fallacy. I have never drunk in my life. Look at me. <laughs> you know, I, I don't drink. And it's, a, it's definitely a weird one because you're, you're definitely outed a bit if you don't drink this day and age. The amount of um, social events I go to and people are like, oh, why are you not drinking? It's like, well, I don't drink. And they just, it's a shock for people. Is it the five pints of beer or is it the two kebabs that comes after the five? I- I notice you've grown a beard. Is that uh, related? So that's that's a weight management thing, I think. Uh, <laughs> to hide the face. So I, was, I was down a few grams, so I thought I'd kind of you know pick it back up again, and, and, and here I am back where I was, where I didn't drink, and I didn't drink at all for about. I don't know, eight weeks, nine weeks. I lost about a stone and a half. I, I think I'm, uh, I'm kind of a, a passive dietist who will just eat, basically eat whatever, whatever's put in front of it. Is it food that's already dead, or is it what we might call wildlife? It's, it's dead food. For dead food <laughs> there's probably a better name for it than dead food if you've ever tried to get a pastrami wrap in canary wharf at pret-a-manger at a lunchtime <laughs> you do need a club in hand so monia how does because uh, you're a runner aren't you, you when we first spoke, Ooh, no, no, you no. Were, I, I went you, I, I you were te- definitely going for a run you told me you couldn't for, speak to me because go- you're going for a run I so was you're going a runner. for a run as, as you said attempting to go for a run I'm on and off exercise. I've been ex- I've been going to the gym for the last ten years. Didn't see any change at all in what I was doing. Doing lots of resistance cardio. The works. I had a personal trainer. I hit the wall at uh, a certain level. Stopped going to the gym for for about two years. Lost a ton of weight. I lost a ton of weight. I lost about four kilos, four or five kilos in that time. And then started the gym again. And I learned I had to do some new things. I've started taking up running again. Two years ago, I was training for the uh, Marrakesh half marathon and um, damaged the ligament in my, in my knee, so I couldn't do it, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, We're laughing so- because Monia just rolled his eyes at that, uh, at that particular <laughs> statement. It was, it's like his nose grew an inch long. Yeah, kind of. Um, but I'm getting back into it slowly. I started, um, it's almost like doing the um, couch to 5K. So... Got some mates who do who run around the Verulam Lake. They do the the five k run, and I kind of hop and skip around and do like one k, two k, and I'm and I'm improving slowly. I'm doing some trail biking as well, but I found it really really difficult during lockdown to do exercises at home, not because of my own willpower and my own motivation. These kids, I got a twelve year old and a nine year old. I'm trying to do some, I've, I've, I've got some boxing gloves and I kind of bashing away at the, um, at the tree. At the kids. Because... I think you're not allowed to do that. 
That's why I call them the trees. The tree. And they come along. It's like, what are you doing? Can you play netball? But I'm doing it. Cause I, but I'm bored. So it, it kind of get in the way, really. And I, I and um, but I, I, I found a way around that now. I managed to get myself a personal trainer, sort pocket money out, and get the girls out exercising all in one go. So they've now become my personal trainer. I give them a pound each time they take me out for a, for a cycle and a run. So they get on their bikes and I run behind them. It's a bit like that Rocky movie, the Rocky, um, Rocky one, where these trainers on the bike and he's running behind them. Um, it's like that. You know, one thing you need to do when you uh, change anything, like when you stop working out or when you, you start a new program is you can't just track weight. You need to do your body fat because people say, oh, you know, I started losing weight when I stopped working out. It's like, well, yeah, but did you lose muscle mass? doesn't make sense just to lose weight when you stop working out. I think that anytime you make changes, you need to be tracking not weight, you need to be tracking body fat. Body fat percentage yeah, no. is an indicator of how much muscle mass you are losing. If you're, if you're losing weight, but your body fat staying the same, that's not good. But look, I've learned my lesson. Now I... Taking up netball is a, is a sport now, by the sound of it. Oh, no, netball. <laughs> netball, American football, rugby, basketball. No, no, my girls, they, they play football, rugby, uh, American football, tag football. Um, they co- we go trail raiding in Batchard Park. They are more active than any boys I've met in my life. That's cool. So, Sammy, we've only got about 25 minutes left on the show. What's your exercise uh, pattern like? Just give us the edited highlights down to 25 minutes, if you could. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to, to reflect on, on something that Ben said earlier is something that I've been doing probably is through my running, uh, you know, doing a lot of running and then thinking, ah, oh, you know, I've done some running so I can eat more. And that doesn't work. So that's when I'm trying to separate the two. So I've got this IF stuff that I, that I do. And it's, it's kind of completely independent from what I do in my, in my exercising. Um, Exercising-wise, my favorite sport is climbing. Because climbing is, is not just the body, it's the mind as well. It's problem-solving. It's strength, but it's lean strength, if you will. Because you need to be, be strong. We need to be light and need to be smart as well because, you know, it's, you need to solve the problems. Again, with social distancing, not easy. So I'm trying to find ways to also to have fun, change it up. So what I do is skipping rope. Um, uh, so I used to do a little bit of a free fight uh, back at uni and, you know, I got introduced to skipping rope there. And, but I have this, uh, <laughs> you know, I looked around for a while during lockdown and I found this really nice company and they make like changeable skipping ropes. So you start with a... Um, a quarter pound rope and it goes up to a two pound rope and so the two pound rope is really really heavy yeah, two, pound one, two pound one's brutal it's brutal obviously so I'm a, I'm a drummer I'm a musician and what I like about skipping rope is you can listen to like so I usually put my uh, you know start my day with uh, Jimmy Eat Worlds or uh, you know some some old school punk rock and you can just like feel like you're in a, at a gig you know like you know going around and that's pretty nice so that that's fun and so i i do like um, a bit of skipping then maybe i bring my trx or my suspension trainer do a bit of, of that do some burpees do some push-ups so yes and do just 20 minutes of that and then go back home and also something that i've got at home which is really nice is a balance board so it's uh, it's essentially like a, a little roller and a board on it and so what I do sometimes is I'll, 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 I'll pick up my uh, economist and I just read an article while he's standing on it. <laughs> it's- I sometimes read the Beano or my space hopper, Sammy. It's very similar. <laughs> no, but so it's, it's, it's really funny because this, you can see the progression because in the beginning you're like, on it, you know, it's really tense. 
and as you learn, like you, you start a master your balance and you try to do a little bit of walk around on it. And, and then indeed you can just abstract it and you just read something or, you know, browse Facebook while standing on it. And it's pretty, really cool. So we yeah, recommend that as well. Um, Sammy, don't you find the, the TRX, so I've got a TRX and I just, the amount of exercises that you could, so post yeah. or, or during the lockdown period, the sorts of things that you would have lazily done at a gym by using big lumps of iron, I, the, my TRX has been sort of by the front door for ages ignored yeah. because I couldn't actually go down to oh, the yeah. gym well i just took it out and slung it over a tree it's just amazing you know you know that um you know you know the story of trx right yeah it was a it was a, a navy, navy seal, seal who yeah. just had a a karate belt in his bag and was exactly using it for chin-ups, so yeah. he, he invented it to keep in shape during missions where you don't have a gym around and you're in yeah. small spaces and it's really really effective and you can do a bunch of things and it's really sturdy mm-hmm. yeah it's a great machine I'll say one thing about bodyweight work is that if anyone can take anything away from this is you've got to make sure that you do enough what's called effective reps because yep. with bodyweight stuff, the load is different. It's not like lifting resistance, like lifting weights because the weight dictates how hard something is. So you've got to make sure that you do more sets to failure because a lot of people that like you hear people say, oh, I did a thousand squats. It's like, okay, like over how many sets? And they did sets of 20 and none of them were that taxing. So you've got to make sure you get enough effective reps and reps that actually cause stimulus to the body. So yeah. you've got to make sure you go closer to failure with the exercises. That makes sense. Rather than just say, I'm going to do like three sets of 10. You've got to yeah. say, right, I'm doing yeah. two or three sets to complete failure. Yeah. But, yeah. But the, the, the thing I found just to, to Sammy's point about the balance ball is trying to do press ups with your feet suspended six inches off the ground or mm-hmm. even worse, trying to do press ups, with your hands on the TRX straps. Oh yeah, that's... The, the amount of like fast twitch stuff that's going on to just stop yourself falling flat on your face is, is bad enough trying to retain your balance, yeah, let alone yeah. actually do any reps. Well, I'm yeah. just going to interrupt here because we've heard different exercise regimes there. Just let me ask a question to everyone. Do, do you do exercise like that under sufferance, if you like? You knowing you've got to do it because it's the right thing to do or do you do it because you actually enjoy the experience of the exercise and the, the, the results which you see afterwards what's the feeling there for me i used to do a lot of badminton and badminton was purely a pleasure so you, you meet up with your friends and it's 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 very it's a satisfying sport and uh, you don't feel like you're working out but apart from this um even climbing is you know is is is, is, is quite a lot of it's quite a lot of uh, pain. I think it's very much pain, but you're accepting you're accepting the pain, knowing that you'll feel good afterwards. And running is very much like that as well. Like, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll stop running for a week and I'll be like, ah, oh, I need to run, and I'll I'll you know I'll, I'll enjoy it. But then it becomes a habit, and you know it's it's difficult to get your high from just running in different locations. You know, in St Albans, you've got you've got five or six routes. Um, so for me, yeah, it's mostly just about knowing that I'll feel good afterwards. I think. What about you, Andrew? Your twenty-year relationship with your exercise re- regime is—is is that out of necessity, or is it something which you just forward to? I'd, I'd say it's—I I treat it as a necessity because I know that I need it to maintain a, a healthy body. But when I get to the end of my program, it's that—that that sort of buzz of the sense of achievement while I'm kind of dripping with sweat or whatever thing oh actually I mean and some days you think I really don't feel up to it but I 
push myself to do it and make sure it gets done. And then when I've done at the end of it, I think, great, that's that's good. And, I, and I'm just, you know, doing it for me, if you like. What about the others? What, do you do you look forward to the exercise or is it, uh, if, if there was an excuse to not do it, would you happily grab a hold of that excuse? No, it's, for me, Steve, it's about habit and not episodic. The individual nature of exercise is very different than the habit of exercise. For me, like I said, I can either do things or not do things. So if I'm exercising, if it becomes part of my day and it, it stops being something I think about, it just occurs that's when I feel good about it because it doesn't occur to me to not do it. It's when you haven't done it for a while or you're out of shape or you, you it, once, once you have to think I really ought to be doing this, then it becomes a nuisance, which, you know, to Ben's point about having had clients that have, he's had for 10 years, it's probably the fact that as I've known when I've used personal trainers in the past, if you know you have that session coming up, A, you don't want to embarrass yourself by telling the guy, oh, actually, I've done nothing since we last met. And B, you know you've got to do the exercise with that person anyway. So just having the impetus there, it's just a good, it's a good trigger for maintaining the habit. But for me, it's all about habit. The best advice I was given was regardless of how you feel about exercise, whether you're intending to do it or not, just put your trainers on. And once you've actually got your trainers on, the next step takes care of itself. So don't think about going to the gym. Just put your trainers on. See how you feel. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. You can make as many excuses as, as, as you want. And that's, I, I used to do that a lot. Just like, oh, I can't, I can't go to the gym now because I've got to drop the kids off, do this, do that. And it's, But once you put your trainers on and then – you get into that routine, it makes life a lot easier. Now I look forward to going out for a run or for my seven minute hit exercises or something like that. I think you're, you're right, but you can make as many excuses as you want to kind of put you off and you, you debate yourself for so long before you get into a habit about it, which then you've realized, hang on a second, I've been thinking about it for 20 minutes. I could have been in and out and done a quick session or done a quick jog or whatever. I think it's just, it's, it's motivating yourself. And it's like you said, Toby, it's your personal trainer. I kind of train with, with friends and we kind of motivate each other to do it. So um, it's like, all right, I'm going out for a run now. You guys coming? I said, no, I'm not coming. We call them a, a fat whatever. And they get off their butt and they join you down Berlin Park. And I think Ben is, when I used to have my personal trainer, I didn't treat them as a personal trainer. I didn't treat them as a coach. There was that nagging little voice on your shoulder. Just, Go on, you can do it. And I think we all need that little angel, so to speak, on your shoulder. Pushing Irritating you back. though, isn't it? When, they're, when the, your trainer's constantly nagging you. Me and Steve had some, had some I wasn't going to say that, but I wasn't going to say that. But chucking stuff out your fridge. <laughs> chucking stuff out your fridge, but mine just chuck stuff out my fridge at me. Um, so, <laughs> slight difference. There. But yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. I think uh, Toby said, once you get into a habit, you're in a habit. And one of the biggest things I'm taking away from this is it's not just about going and getting some exercise or just about diet. It's about that healthy balance. I think that we've all lost because we shouldn't be talking about diets and exercise. We should be, it should be part and parcel of our daily lives, even down to what we eat. It shouldn't be a conscious thought that I can't eat that cream cake with extra sugar on it, but we should be more thoughtful of that you know we should we should think right you know what i can have a little bit of that because i've done 16 hours of exercises i can have a slice of that cake but as long as you're not eating the whole cake i think that that's that that's the kind of balance you've got to look for right 
I'm, I'm with you. I think there's balance there. But I, I, you I'm, would be I'm looking yeah, at our you? expert here. Ben, what, Steve, what do you Steve think about a slice be, of cake after Steve an exercise? Steve would be uh, with him because uh, Steve <laughs> likes to indulge on a few things here and there. Hang on. Have I just, has, has, has the penny just dropped? Ben, are you training Steve? Kind of. Uh, I just know. What I, this is, put it this way. I know. I know what he does pretty well. You know. What are you training him to do, Ben? <laughs> I know. <laughs> to be a great radio host. Fantastic. Yeah, still time to go on that one. Uh, Toby, what does it say across the front of your T-shirt there? Oh dear, oh dear. It, I I don't know. This, I can't. I can't. The, is this the famous midlife crisis? Yeah, it's, uh, it, don't yeah. you st- don't jump on that bandwagon, Manir. It's, to be honest, it's a it is a cheap and puerile attack <laughs> on on my mental health. Just say right? the words. Just say Harley the words. Harley Davidson, Steve. We're going to go to a break right now, and we'll be back with the third and final section in just a few minutes. You're listening to Radio Verulam, ninety two point six FM. This is the Parents Hour with the Dads Panel. Just <laughs> cheap. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys, this has gone on much longer than I thought it was going to go on. But yeah, this could go on all night, to be honest. It's, it's not, it's, yeah, it's, I was going to say, it's not, uh, <laughs> if I let it run and run, it would just go on and uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Sorry? <laughs> now number 15 of my 16-hour fast. It's all going to be fasting. It's going to be cake time for Tristan soon. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> nibbling all night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're we're going to have to wheel a fridge over for Ben to uh, inspect. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to get a fridge on the show. We can. Uh, I, do, I could go take. I could go Might take photographs of mine right now. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, we're on the final leg now. Um, um, I'm going to go back to uh, Monir. What, what you said before about your your family helping you with the um, the, the exercise that they're riding the bike in front of you and training you um okay. so um as so we've been talking as men effectively um sort of uh, but we're going to move to <laughs> talking as parents so you know w- the responsibilities that we might feel for making sure kids don't make the same mistakes that we did kind of thing and, and understanding nutrition better than we did perhaps when we were younger and, and, and so on um uh so but it's going to be quite a short section um We've done such a lot of really good stuff on the first two sections, but I, I, I just want to try and cover this. Otherwise, it sounds like we're just um, men talking rather than dads. So welcome back to the third and final part of Lockdown Dads Do Diet and Fitness here on Radio Verulam on The Parent Show. We've been talking about, first of all, food intake and the strategies which we have as men for perhaps avoiding talking about our food and then finally what we push us into actually taking it seriously. Uh, then we talked about exercise and I'm the, perhaps the only one here feeling inadequate uh, listening to all of the stories of exercises, the variety, the joy with which you look forward to your exercise classes, whereas for me it is absolutely a necessity which uh, I have to push myself into. Um, which brings us to the third and final part now. Um, how do we teach these things to our children how do we give them the basic knowledge of food and diet and a love of exercise and fresh air uh, so that they grow up to be perhaps a little more comfortable inside their skins than a lot of people are in in this generation what do we think about exercising as a family rather than as a solitary exercise Moni you mentioned earlier on that um, it is pretty much a joint effort now with you motivating each other to uh, to go out and exercise and 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 stay fit together 
Yeah, no, I think I think lockdown has kind of made me realise that I'm I'm not the most healthiest of persons. But my 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 kind of key concern was getting getting girls out, getting the families out to, to kind of walk and get some exercise. So as I mentioned before, my girls have now become my personal trainer with some incentive on it as well. So the idea is that if I can lose, for every kilo I lose, they get a tenner, which has resulted in them becoming my personal trainers. They get on their bikes and they cycle and I hop, just skip, a second, money, I'm just going to write that down. £10 per kilo. That <laughs> ten, seems yeah, like a, pa- a very good deal. Yeah. Okay. £10 per kilo. I'm looking for a money back refund at the moment, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, they go forward and, they, and they're really good. Um, they're kind of good motivators. My youngest one, Amelia, she, I took her out to Verulam Park and run around the pond. And she was amazing. She and wasn't running. Up. She was driving a new Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, she was. <laughs> she, she, she was quite motivating and very, very good at kind of saying, okay, just, just run to the next, next tree and run to the next um, bench and let's stop chasing that duck and come back and focus type thing. Um, so she's quite good at that. And she made me do four, four circuits of um, Berlin Pond. Um, and I'm quite pleased with that. So it gets her out, gets me out, gets her understanding that. But they, with food-wise, they're really good because they don't let me eat junk. They'll sit there quite happily eat some crisps themselves, but they won't give me any because I'll get too fat. Harsh, Can I just ask, okay. is chasing the duck uh, a euphemism for something? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Veneer's not allowed in Verulam Park again. I've seen him <laughs> yeah, running no. around in Hemel. He's not allowed to go anywhere in St. Albans. <laughs> I, was, I was chasing a duck with a skewer. There's an avian restraining that caveman dog. <laughs> his photographs. So, Tristan, you've got, uh, you've got two boys. Do they keep you active, or do you have to really push them to get out and about? Uh, I think that... The, the, the lockdown started off with with Joe Wicks fanfare, uh, and we were we were kind of encouraging one another, uh, the, the the three of us, uh, to, uh, to to kind of really get engaged in that. Uh, it kind of waned a bit, but uh, but the, the the kind of the road running and the uh, the field running has, has kind of slipped into it, uh, and and any kind of outdoor pursuits, we spend a lot of time outside. I've got a bit of space, uh, so we we're, uh, we're, we spend a lot of time outside and and that kind of outdoor life is is incredible uh, for, for kind of you know, mental mental health and well-being and is that something which you had as a child as well did you have that love of outdoors and physical exercise or is it do you think you've passed it on to them or have they developed it themselves i, I had a, a, a similar child I, I grew up in the in the countryside so i'm kind of imparting that as much as i can on my on my boys uh, and and i think they're um they're soaking it up like a sponge i think they're really enjoying it so um I'm doing that as much as I can, and, and you know, it's, uh, it, it makes it much easier for the three of us to uh, to really enjoy ourselves. We've got a dog as well that, uh, that obviously requires some of our time. So all of this stuff meet, leads to a kind of a, a quite an outdoorsy um, time. It's not necessarily any any kind of training or, or running uh, or, or, um, or kind of planned exercise, but it invariably just means activity constantly. And I think, um, I think with children, it's about leading by example, isn't it? It is absolutely. It's uh, you know, I mean, there's there's no. So, so I grew up with um, a very famous sailor, uh, and it so happened that his dad was was uh, a very famous sailor prior to him. And and there's no uh, no great surprise that uh, that that the son became uh, as as good at his sport as as he did just because of the of the uh, the encouragement that he received from his father. You know, look at someone like Andy Farrell. Uh, look at the, there's there's so many kind of father son 
type or, or, or you know father uh, father daughter type situations where where you know the, the love of a, of a of a sport or a situation is kind of imparted on the child and, and that's obviously what we're here to do we're here to try and provide those, our, our children with as much uh, of, of the good bits of, of our our backstory as we possibly can I, I think we'd all agree with that, Tristan. Any tips from anybody else on how to get that going, how to keep uh, kids active and, and enjoying that lifestyle? So I, I found, that, again, back to the boring subject of habit, is when rather than have a negotiation about are we going to do something today, it was just locked in the diary. We're going out and that's it. And I found that when my eldest in particular, when we were doing the homeschooling thing, at half past three when the day ended, he just wanted, we sort of celebrated the end of the day by taking the dog somewhere and we would get in the car, bundle the dog in the back, just he and I, my eldest and I, we would drive to a different location every day not not far away but you know within five miles maybe maybe a little further but you know out to Ashridge or just you know into Nettledon or something and we would we would castle yeah we would well we would plot a route and of course the weather was a little bit nicer a a few weeks ago and we would just enjoy an hour an hour and a half in each other's company the routes were only about sort of three four miles but it was just a lovely way to spend the evening. He would tell me what he'd been doing during his day. And it became a habit and something that we both looked forward to at that time of the day. And what was really nice for me was that we were both looking forward to going out. So it wasn't we're going out to do exercise. It became exercise was a byproduct of going and enjoying an hour and a half of each other's company. And mentally, it was it was a very different approach to the same situation i really enjoyed it actually but they they can eat though can't they kids today they they know how to eat they they never stop i don't know if uh, your boys and girls are the same as mine but he will he will eat and eat and eat and not not show any evidence that uh, that he's he's overeating or eating the wrong things yeah was, i could take one look at half the stuff he's eating and put on a pound just by uh, by looking at it do you uh, do you try to keep your kids uh, on a good diet, or do you just let them do do what do what they think is right? I think we we, we have that trouble where I just let them do what they want, but their mum is like, no, you can't have that, you can't have that. They're only kids once. They, I mean, they're only going to be kids for another few more years, so let them go for it. But because mine are quite active and energetic, that doesn't worry me too much because whatever they put in their mouth, they will burn it off, and they will they are energetic and they'll run that off totally if they're more lethargic and that's why we don't have a playstation or nintendo or anything like that in our house what kind of parent are you what do you mean yeah, yeah, surprised they haven't called Childline to come and pick them up maybe they that's why well, if you if you did your job properly if you lost 14 kilos they could go and buy themselves a playstation <laughs> couldn't they oh ouch hang on so how was that harley davidson when did you buy it yeah 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 no no my son <laughs> bought it for me with the money that he'd save with me uh, me losing weight <laughs> Ben, just on that subject of kids well, and diet. I was going to say, I took on a seven-year-old about six years ago. And up until recently, when me and his mum broke up, I found it that his tendency was to eat junk all the time. So I do think that you can't just let them do what they want. You have to have that balance there. You can allow them to have a McDonald's. You can allow them to have these foods. But you have to also have that structure where they have proper home-cooked food and they have a proper breakfast. 
and in a couple of days a week they can have what they want they our kids still need that guidance don't they just because they're young and they burn lots of energy they still shouldn't be an excuse for them just to eat junk all day so i, I think that they should learn very early on what are the right things to eat and what is a healthy way of living if they don't then at some point in their life that starts to catch up and you've got a big task then to, to change your entire view on food. This, this is what happened to me. I didn't know what protein was or carbohydrates or, or, or anything like that. We just ate what was on the, the plate. And it's, it's only in the last five years that I've learned from, from Ben and from others what is a healthy way of eating. And um, it's been quite a wrench to change my lifestyle from that which I was brought up with to what I now regard as a, as a healthier lifestyle. Schools have actually taken a big step up. I mean, um, love him or hate him, or hate him if you're a, a, a former employee of uh, 15 probably, but Jamie Oliver and his campaigns to get schools to be more responsible in terms of what they feed kids and also how they educate kids. I mean, the, the, the stuff that our son talks about in terms of what um, he's been taught is healthy and, and that sort of thing is, is really, really impressive. And, and they have much better knowledge available to them as to, to what healthy eating is and what, what a healthy lifestyle is. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's impressive to see that, that in action, actually. There's a guy called uh, Robert Lustig, and uh, he's an endocrinologist in the US. And he's actually, if I'm right, what I heard is he's actually managed to ban Happy Meals in some states, so kids can't get them. Yeah, good, good for him. But wow, I would, <laughs> I would. He must be watching his back all of the time. It's like one step away from murdering Father Christmas, isn't it? Really? I, was, I, I think it's also about letting the the, the, children, the kids take responsibility for themselves. And Toby, I know you're going to say say what kind of parent am I now again? But in our meal plan, in our weekly meal plan the kids choose what they should eat and they cook it themselves. So the eldest, Ariana, she's, she makes amazing risotto and paella. Younger one makes a mean jacket potato and beans. But this is what they choose to eat and they cook it themselves. Um, and 99% of the time, it's all healthy food. They do it, they, they stand in the kitchen, we supervise them, we leave them to it, and they take ownership. And I think, for me, if they take ownership of it, they understand it more and they, they kind of, appreciate what they're, what they're I agree. I'm no expert money, but I would say that giving them that responsibility makes them think about what they're eating and think about preparing it. And that's, that's no, what you need as you're moving into later life. I am pretty confident that if I gave that responsibility to my eldest son, I would be eating pot noodles every night. <laughs> I personally think he'd probably be looking for a new house because uh, he'd have burned the kitchen. <laughs> well, saying say that, what's your worst experience of cooking? I mean, um, Oh, my yeah. wife's without any shadow of a doubt. <laughs> are we, are we going to edit that bit out? <laughs> leave, leave it in. That's that's good. Promo. Don't uh, worry. Come on, Ben. Ben, what's your what's your worst meal that you've ever cooked? You thought, uh, must have had I don't one. think there's anyone. I don't think there's anyone meal. But I am known for. Uh, I'm I'm known for making something when I start dieting or getting into like enough shape to have a photo shoot. They say for work, which is a big difference between dieting and, and that. And I find a meal that I like. And I go, yeah, this is the meal. I can eat this all the time. I only eat it for like four days, and then I'm, it's dead to me. <laughs> I won't. I won't eat it for like a year. I do that. I do that often. Gentlemen, we're going to have to call a, a close to proceedings because we're just about out of time here. Just time for perhaps a, a final comment, Ben, from you as our expert here. <laughs> what What do you think of what you've heard all in all? I know you said you were quite 
impressed by how clued up we were. But what, what do you think about the relationship between food and exercise and, and how you think the dads here are, uh, are tackling it? I think that I think that everyone is giving it a good go. I think that you can always make things better. You can always experiment with different things. And, and I think the thing to take away from it is that ketogenic, the keto diet, the high carb, the, the high protein, low carb diet, they're, there's, they're all just fasting. They're all just tools. And some people do better with those and other people do better with different ones. So there's kind of like lots of different ways to get to the same place, you know? So no one's, no one's, in, no one's doing anything wrong. It's all about really what, finding out what you're comfortable with doing, really. Fantastic. Ben, thank you very much for uh, giving us your time this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Dads panel, both as an expert and as a contributor throughout the show. Thanks very much for being with us. And thank you, Monia, for joining us, throwing yourself into the, the abyss with, with such relish. We've thoroughly enjoyed having you and uh, I hope to have you on the next Dads panel pretty soon. So uh, it is obviously time to wrap it up. So Sammy, thank you very much again Tristan thank you very much for giving up some of your holiday to be with us today now, Andrew I missed you last time when I said goodbye so I'll say goodbye to you twice goodbye Andrew goodbye Andrew and Toby that was more than twice and Toby thank you very much again for all your contribution you can go have a ride on your Harley Davidson and that brings <sighs> us to the end of the show thanks for listening and that does indeed bring us to the end of this two-part special from the Lockdown Dads on diet and fitness. Thank you to our guest, Ben Chibnall, for being such a good sport with the boys. And indeed, thank you to the panel for all their contribution. If you've got any thoughts about what you've heard on this show, or if you've got any ideas for what the Lockdown Dads may choose to talk about next time, or indeed if you'd like to join the Lockdown Dads panel, then you can drop me a line on Simpson at radioverulam.com. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves solicitors, your complete legal solution.